you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. There is no way I can say anything after all of this. There is absolutely, it's not possible. After, after such a powerful song that uplifted the room, I thought the building was starting to fly. Uh, I think maybe it did. Did you notice? Yeah. And I was just, just um, vibrating with uh, the you of that song, the capital Y of you that is you, that is you and everything that is you and that you that is actually an I, that you that is also a we. It's a, it's a kind of a you that is, that is all all-encompassing, all-infusing. It's the great vow that is never out there, but that is always in here and surrounding all of us. And I just so deeply appreciated that song. It actually, I think I'd like to start with um, a little bit of silence because I don't think words can follow that soul opening that the music and the words of the song allowed. So just, just maybe close your eyes for a second and, and find your breath. And just feel still the vibrations of, of that which inspires that is in-spirited. That's where the word inspire comes from. Filled with spirit. Fill into the you that is you, that is every you, that is every I, that is every we. It expresses in community, and expresses in, in the threads that connect us, the heart threads that are always there. The miracle of now, the miracle of here, of this, of this heartbeat right now. Can you, did you feel it? What a miracle. Sometimes I wonder at all the, all the things that have to happen in each and every one of our bodies for us to be just able to continue second after second to just exist. Thank God we are unconscious of all of it because it would be so overwhelmingly awesome that it might just petrify us. <laughs> every atom, every molecule working in unison right now, unbeknownst to us. The concept of miracle is such an ancient concept. It is so infused in the very soul of every human being that you can find it since the beginning of times. 
I believe in, in, in the beginning of human times. And it is obviously replete in all of the millennia-old texts of the Jewish Bible, of the Torah. We find it. We find it, if you remember, when Charlton Heston split the Red Sea. Or maybe it was Moses, but I just get all of them just <laughs> confused. The splitting of the Red Sea, the, you know, one of the most known is the, the blast of the shofar, where Joshua sounded the ram's horns and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, which were the walls around our hearts, really. They had nothing to do with the walls out there. They had everything to do with the walls in here. In Judaism, we have miracles through the Middle Ages, the golem of the Maharal of Prague. We, have, we believe, actually, many of us, that the creation of the state of Israel also was a modern miracle. The Hebrew for, that, 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 that tries to convey what the English calls miracle actually doesn't talk of that word as miracle. We see it everywhere in biblical times where, um, where the word that is used, and there are actually many, many words that are used for miracles because Judaism and, and, and the Jewish Bible see gradations of miracles. Why? Because, because the awareness is that everything at every moment is a miracle and is, it is our task to discern uh, what, what level of miracles we are witnessing in that moment. The word that is used in Hebrew or the words that are used in Hebrew always point to what we would translate as signs, wonders. Signs as if messages from, uh, from source, from the universe. Wonders as in um, events in our life that are meant to drop us into a state of awe. to rediscover within ourselves that, that sense of awe and wonderment, uh, not just when something out of the ordinary happened, but, but in every moment, in every second. And so there really aren't any kind of miracles in the Jewish scriptures. What they are are signs along the path of spiritual evolution. That's really where, where miracles, quote-unquote, signs and wonders happen in, in the stories of our ancestors. I'll give you an example. I was talking about Charlton Heston and splitting of the Red Sea, but just before that, if you know the story of the Jewish Bible, there were ten plagues in Egypt. Ten plagues in Egypt. And, and most of us have come to learn about those ten plagues as being visited, the wrath of God being visited upon the Egyptians so that Pharaoh, who had hardened his heart, would let the enslaved Hebrews go. Let my people go. But actually our sages don't see that story like that all at all. At, at all. 
This is not actually what the text is meant to evoke within us. The story is that the plagues were meant not to attack or destroy Egypt, but they were meant to awaken a sense of awe and wonderment in the Hebrew slaves themselves. Why? Why? Because the Torah tells us that what we suffered from, what the Israelites suffered from, was what's in Hebrew is called kotzer ruach. The word kotzer is, um, in, in, in modern electrical terms, would be a short. Right? There's an electrical short. And the, the, the Hebrews, the Israelites, suffered from a short in ruach in their spirit, in their spirituality. They had been enslaved for so many hundred years that their focus was solely on survival. And when, you are, when your consciousness is collapsed in the everyday um, trying to survive, generation after generation, oftentimes you lose the greater connection with source, with spirit. It's really not... Uh, uh, something that you are preoccupied with. And over, over time, after so many generations, that almost had been severed. And the divine understood that when Moses showed up at the doorsteps of Pharaoh and said, let my people go, there actually was uh, almost an uprising against Moses and said, now we can't go. All that we have ever known for generations is this state of being. We, that is who we are. That's who we have become. Uh, people came to identify with their slavery so much that they couldn't see any other way of living and being. I'm reminded right now of a quote from Harriet Tubman who said, I could have saved thousands more if I could have convinced them they were slaves. Because again, you fall into this pattern that you think this is the, the normal way of being. After so many generations, that's who you've become. That's who you are. And so God sent the ten plagues to display in the eyes of the Israelites a greater sense of awe and wonderment to remind them that there were more to their lives than what they had collapsed into being, that there was a greater dimension of existence that they had forgotten, that there was a short in their consciousness, that they could no longer see the awe and wonderment of what life was meant to be. And so the ten plagues were for us. They were for us. And see how the, the Jewish Bible uses miracles? They are meant to awaken within us this awe, this wonderment, but at the same time, this yearning for life, for our life to shift, to break from a status quo, from a place of stuckness, which actually is the understanding of the Hebrew for Egypt, a place of stuckness. And all of us are in Egypt at some point or another in our lives. And then Egypt is a place of stuckness and all of us find ourselves here and there in those kind of places and we need a shift in consciousness and that shift in consciousness in 
the Hebrew language and the Hebrew understanding is itself a miracle. That paradigm shift, that something else is possible, that there is light outside of the darkness that we no longer know we are enveloped by. So I want to, I mean, all of those are great ideas and concepts and we can, we can play and talk about them but I want to I bring it down. I want to bring it down and make it concrete because we think of miracles and it's always otherworldly. It's always an intervention from a place that we had never experienced before that shocks us into a different kind of, um, of perspective. But I want to I I bring it down. I want to bring it right here between us, here. All of you who are sitting here today, all of you who are sitting at home, maybe witnessing this, participating in this, and letting it flow through you as well, I want you to feel into the impossibility of this very moment. This moment is impossible, and yet here it is. Why is it impossible? What are the odds, I'm asking you directly, what are the odds that you would be here right now engaging in this morning gathering? What are the odds that you would be sitting in this chair or wherever you are at home? What are the odds that you would have connected to this service this morning? Think about all the threads in your life, where you were born, the experiences you had to experience, the people you had to meet, the books you had to read, the coffee you had at this coffee shop instead of that coffee shop, the, the, the plane you got on where you should have gotten on another one but you didn't know, the decisions you've made, the decisions that everybody else in your life made that impacted you. Think about what it took for you to be sitting here right now, how impossible that is. And yet here you are. But now multiply that with every other person who is here sitting right now. And what is the impossibility of them being here right now? And you being here right now at home or wherever you are connecting, can you see the impossibility, the miracle of now? You know where I was born? I was born in Marseille, which is a city in, on the coast of, southern coast of France. Do you think that I was growing up in that part of the world? I, I knew for sure that one day on a Sunday morning at 11.34, I would be standing in front of a group of American people in Seattle as the rabbi of a non-dual mystical Jewish community. <laughs> What is, what, is, what is the impossibility that you and I would be talking to each other this morning? It's impossible. It, do you feel the miracle of now? And this miracle of now, I just, is as tangible as this moment is, it happens to you every single moment. But we are not trained to know it. We are not trained to recognize it. We are trained to see every aspect of our life, the grocery shopping, the being stuck in traffic, the getting on an airplane, all of that as just um, um, mundane. Well, I would argue that there is no such a thing as mundane. I think we should erase that word from the dictionary. 
If we ever believe that our life are mundane, that our life are just one happening after another that we supposedly are in control of and then direct, stop lying to ourselves. Every single moment is an awesome miracle. And when we start to acknowledge that, when we start to let ourselves, our heart, be available to seeing the miracle of every second, of every encounter, every sunrise, sunset, five seconds or five hours in traffic, it just drops us into the state of wonderment and awe. One of the greatest rabbis of the 20th century, Rabbi Joshua Heschel, said, awe, wonderment, is the spark of any spiritual journey, the first step on any spiritual journey. It has to start with the sense of awe, the sense of wonderment. Short of that is all intellectual chatter. It's all intellectual chatter. The problem is that modernization has caused our universe, our 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 world to become disenchanted. Modernity has made us cogs into a social economic machine that we are asked to produce for and consume for and has disenchanted not only ourselves as human beings, but also all the natural world around it, around us, which is why we've allowed ourselves to plunder it for our own use. We have disenchanted the world around us. We have forgotten how much of a miracle, how enchanted this universe actually is. Thomas More, one of my favorite actor, uh, author, maybe he's an actor too, I don't know, wrote a book that to me is just the title of it is... Uh, you know, is worth a week-long meditation retreat. He wrote a book called The Re-Enchantment of Everyday Life. And I really what we are talking about today. The re-enchantment of everyday life. To reclaim. To reclaim that sense of awe that, like I opened with, that every atom molecules in our body is working so that we can be alive moment to moment can we drop into this kind of amazing miracle of our bodies of what surrounds us of our life experiences can we see the universe around us the nature that surrounds the gorgeous nature that surrounds us here in the northwest specifically as a living breathing enchanted space in which we are blessed to live our lives. Our interconnection with the trees that breathe out what we breathe in and breathe in what we breathe out. Come on. (laughs) That what we are, I mean, scientifically is proven what we are breathing in today is a little bit of what the dinosaur breathed out millions of years ago. Come on. But it's hard, you know, it's hard to keep all of this in consciousness as you stand in line at the grocery store when you're like, okay, this is not awesome. (laughs) 
This is our fool, really. <laughs> Maybe we can add an E to awful and really kind of like, oh. Hmm, even what is awful is awful is awe filled with awe. I want to close, I want to leave you today with, with this practice because really to me it's, a, it's really a transformative practice to see, to see the impossibility of now in every now, in every encounter, in every person we meet, in, in every space we inhabit. You know, you're sitting in this chair, and because you're sitting in this chair, you get a very specific perspective on what's happening this morning. And you're sitting in this chair perhaps because you came in late and somebody sat in the other chair that you might have thought you could sit in. So you're stuck with sitting in another chair and therefore you are getting a complete different perspective on what's going on right now. And only you has the perspective on this moment, in this room or wherever you are connecting. And because you're sitting in that chair, because you are, you are embodying the space that you are claiming, you have changed everybody else's experience. Do you know that? Because they couldn't sit in the chair you're in. Only you ha is having that experience. And so you have changed everybody else's experience. It's like the butterfly effect. Do you know about that? Like everything that happens is just changes the world. So if we could if we could find it in ourselves to make ourselves available to that sense of awe, to re-enchant our life and the universe, if we could see every moment as, as the impossible miracle that it is, because of our awareness, because of that consciousness, because of this paradigm shift within us, within you, we will change the world. Amen. Thank you.